We have a Medford School Committee regular meeting. April 6, 2020, remote meeting by Zoom, 5.30 p.m. We are a little late. We apologize for our budget committee meeting that started at four, just went over a bit. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order, suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order, imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Medford School Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information in the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media websites an audio or video recording, transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. The meeting can be viewed through Medford Community Media, media on Comcast Jan Channel 22 and Verizon Channel 43 at 5.30 p.m. Since the meeting will be held remotely, participants can log or call in by using the following link or call-in number. 1-929-205-6099. Enter this meeting ID when prompted, 713-201-694. Additionally, questions or comments can be submitted during the meeting by emailing medfordsc at medford.k12.ma.us. Those submitting must include the following information, your first and last name, your Medford Street address, your question or comment. Member Vandekloot, please call the roll. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, Member Kretz? Yes. Member McLaughlin? Present. Uh, Member Mastone? Mia? Oh, I she's, see her. She's here, Mia? Mia. Member uh, Rousseau? Present. Member Vanderkloot, present. Mayor Luongo Kern? Present. Seven and present. Not I'm out. also here. Member Graham's here too. <laughs> I, I called her. Uh, sorry, I think I think it didn't come through. Got it. Okay. If we all may um, salute the flag, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, America. and to and the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Approval of the minutes of March 9th, 2020, March 12th, 2020, and March 30th, 2020. Motion of approval. Second. Seconded by Member Kratz. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those Aye. opposed? Minutes are approved. Approval of bill, bills, transfer of funds, and approval of payroll. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Motion to approve by Member 
Graham, seconded by member Vanderclut. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those uh, opposed? We need to call the roll. Roll call vote. Yep. Member Graham? Yes. Member Kretsch? Yes. Member McLaughlin? Yes. Member Mastone? Member Mastone? I don't think Mia is hearing me. Member Rousseau? It's almost like our screen's frozen. I don't know. Mia, are you there? I'll message her. Okay. okay. Member Rousseau? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Member Vanderclue? Yeah. Yes. I'm here. Okay, Mia, I got you. Uh, Mayor Luongo Kern. Lungo Kern, I'm here. All present. Reports of Secretary. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know that I was in um, on Wednesday to sign the bills. Right now I'm signing the bills on a bi-weekly basis, so I go in every other week um, until I hear any... Um, uh, until I'm given any other instructions, but um, I am proceeding with uh, and very thankful for our uh, great people who are coming in to work to get the bills ready for me. Great. Um, reports of committees, rules, policy, and equity subcommittee, 3320. That would be me. Russo. Thank you. Um, so I can barely remember it, but on March um, 3rd, uh, the Rules Policy and Equity Subcommittee met. There were three recommendations that were all approved by the subcommittee. Uh, we already took up one of those in the last um, regular school committee meeting. We had tabled two items. Um, I'm gonna leave one of those items tabled for now, which is the policy review policy. Um, but the one I'm going to uh, bring up now is the, um, sorry, too many documents to switch between. Um, it is the, where is it? There it is. Uh, the ad hoc report request procedure. Um, it's a pretty technical document, but the, the, uh, I'll just read the purpose statement. Uh, the purpose of this procedure is to provide member public school member committee members especially new members, with the knowledge of how to request an ad hoc report to be created. Ad hoc reports can require substantial work by the district staff that will create the report. This procedure is in place to ensure that when the school committee agrees to the creation of such a report, that we are able to understand the following. One, how much work is required to create the report. Two, the questions and the purpose the report is aiming to answer. Uh, three, any specific information that is required in the report. Um, and four, determining, determine if there is an existing report, ad hoc or periodic, that provides the answers to the questions being asked. It is the responsibility of all school committee members to understand this procedure and members should help each other to ensure compliance. On February 3rd, 2020, the school committee approved the following motion, which, was, which has led to, this, to the creation of this rule. Given that creation of ad hoc reports at the behest of the school committee can require substantial effort on the part of the Office of the Superintendent and District Staff, and that the school committee often depends on ad hoc reports to assist in deliberations, the Rules Policy and Equity Subcommittee shall generate a new rule for the school committee to guide how ad hoc report requests are generated. I won't read the rest of this, um, but um, are there any members who have any specific questions or thoughts? 
Mayor. Member Vandekloot. Uh, I, I read through it and I was comfortable with it. Um, I wanted to make sure that our uh, administrative people also thought that it was a, the, the, the uh, it was workable. Yes, um, we were at the meeting. We worked collaboratively uh, in subcommittee to come up with those guidelines. I feel that it's reasonable and it will allow us to be able to pace ourselves and um, manage the workload um, for specific reports. So I want to thank Paul for his leadership um, in helping to, you know, put that kind of a system and structure in place so that we're able to um, have more realistic expectations. Uh, thank you to the subcommittee, and I'd like to make a motion to approve. Motion to approve by Member Vandekloot, seconded by... Second. Seconded. Option. Okay. Um, Member Graham, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes. Um, Committee of the Whole, March 9th, um, 2020. The Committee of the Whole was our first budget hearing, I believe. I don't have that. I'm sorry, I don't have that paper before me. Um, motion to approve. Motion to approve by Member Graham, seconded by Member Kratz. All those in favor? Aye. Motion is passed. Our next minutes to approve are the emergency meeting we had on March 12, 2020. Um, at that time, we discussed closure of schools. Um, questions and answers were had after a um, update from the mayor's office and the superintendent. Uh, is there a motion for approval? Approval, motion. For, motion for approval by Member Kretz, okay. member, seconded by Member Vanderpoot. All in favor, paper passes. And then last was our meeting last Monday on March 30th, 2020, to review the crisis that we're currently going through. And um, we had three or four agenda items that were discussed as it relates to schooling of our children and how the teachers union and the and um, our superintendent and assistant superintendents are working with the unions to get our kids educated, as well as Chromebooks. I don't know if anybody has anything to add. Motion for approval. I have a question. I have a question. Member Mayor, Mayor Longa Kern. Hi. Um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify, because um, I got a couple of message, messages from some parents um, regarding the distance learning. And um, some parents are not comfortable with their children uh, using Zoom for calls and talking with the teacher in the classroom. And they just want to make sure that I understand it's not a requirement, but if the student isn't going on to the Zoom call with the teacher in classroom, the, the parent is just concerned that it's going to be counted as a not pass. I just want to get that on the record that it's not a requirement and it's if they don't want to go on the Zoom call, it's not going to you know, hurt their grade for pass or fail. So could somebody please clarify that for me? Thank you. Yes, um, Ms. Caldwell. Yes, I, I queried all of our schools to see what, um, how many teachers were using Zoom. And um, most of our schools and teachers are um, using it on some level, but it's not a requirement for a pass or fail for our students. So you can reassure okay. parents that it will not be um, part of the requirements. 
Okay. Thank you. Um, and I just wanted to share, um, or, you know, my concern regarding, and I know you don't have the numbers just yet, but um, in terms of how many families haven't been connected with, and um, last week I had a conversation with uh, Dr. Cushing um, and I shared an idea that I had um, that maybe um, if we're still having trouble reaching out to these families, we could have the school resource officer or maybe the police department do a wellness check with these families. Um, because, you know, how do we know they even have any of the communication that we're giving to everybody? I guess, you know, I'm a little concerned and worried for those families because if we haven't heard from them, we don't know what they know and what they don't know regarding the distance learning and what we're doing regarding the pass or fail or just any of the communication. So, you know, I just wanted to just share my idea and, you know, just put it out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. When I give my uh, remarks during uh, uh, in in the next portion of the agenda, that I will say some of the things that we are doing in order to try to um, reach out to families that we're not hearing from. God. Motion to accept the minutes from 3030-2020. Motion. Motion to accept. Um, motion to accept by Member McLaughlin, seconded by Member Kretz. All those in favor? Aye. Minutes passed. Thank you. Community participation. Questions, again, questions or comments can be submitted during the meeting by emailing medfordsc at medford.k12.ma.us. Those submitting must include the following information, your first and last name, your Medford Street address and your question. Member Rousseau, are there any questions for this portion to, to date? Um, there was a question that came in earlier today, but I answered it since um, based on our earlier conversations about how we would do this, if the answer was already known and decided, I would just reply rather than putting it through the meeting. There was there was a question about whether or not the, the New York trip was going to be canceled. Of course, I replied that it had been canceled. Um, but um, I can't remember the detail on the, the processing for reimbursements will take, I said it will take quite some time because City Hall has to do it and everything's not really operating normally. Is that correct? So the uh, reimbursements, it, I don't believe it will actually go through City Hall, but it goes through the student activities okay. accounts. And so each school has its own student activities account and the checks need to be processed and actually written back to the original check writer. Um, and so just um, each individual check needs to be rewritten back, um, per se. I'm sure that we could tally up if someone had made four payments and write them into one check. But in, in essence, um, all those checks need to be written back to the individuals, which could be, you know, a couple hundred checks. And is, do you think that that will take not until we get back to school kind of thing? Yes, uh, yes. Thank you. If it can be done sooner, it will, but I don't see how we'll be able to make that a reality. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, if there's no other community participation, we'll go to number seven, which is report of the superintendent, Dr. Vincent. Thank you. Good evening. The Medford Public Schools continues to be a work in progress. Again, I realize that this is a hard time for all. So much uncertainty surrounds us. We are here for parents, caregivers, guardians, as well as our students. If you feel your child is struggling with anxiety issues over a particular situation, please contact their school principal who will put you in touch with their guidance or adjustment counselor. They will be very happy to assist you and provide you with help, helpful information. With the way the crisis is going, our administrators are already discussing how to handle when students do report back to school, whether it is this year or in the fall. Either way, we know that our teachers will be planning to revisit instruction from when it ended on March 12th. This will allow our students to get back into the educational loop and will help to eliminate any apprehension or concerns about returning to school. So this is a high priority for us. However, before I continue with my report, I wanted to take this opportunity to extend our sincere, our sincere thanks to Assistant Superintendent of Finance, Christine Patterson, who will be leaving us at the end of this school year to take on a new position with Lincoln Sudbury School District. This move will allow her additional time to be closer to home and spend more family time with her daughter, Addie, who's growing up and becoming very involved in many other extracurricular activities. And understandably, Christine does wanna be there for her. During her four year tenure with the Medford Public Schools, Christine professionalized the business office. She helped to streamline the budget process and highlighted the financial ramifications of the charter school reimbursements. A Navy veteran, Christine served our country and this district with dedication and pride. Personally, Christine welcomed me aboard and walk me through the ins and outs of the involved budget process here in Medford. Her guidance and support will be greatly missed. We wish her much luck and happiness in her new position. And we thank you, Kirstine, for your years of service to the Medford Public Schools and the community. Thank you, Madam Superintendent. And thank you, Kirstine, for all your service. Um, Member Vanderkloot. Oh, wait, Member Vandersloop, if you could press on mute. Myself. There we go. Thank um, you. I wanted to say thank you to Miss um, Patterson as well. Kirstine's worked very difficult and in a very demanding uh, job. Um, I, I would like to say almost a thankless job. Um, so I would like to thank her for her work and uh, dedication to her position. And I'd like to wish her well. I think it's certainly understandable um, that um, not driving quite as far as she drives, which is way too long, um, and being close to her daughter, uh, even though it's going to be difficult to uh, find someone in this um, very difficult position. Uh, but thank you, Kirstine. Thank you. 
Um, Mayor Longo Kern, I wanted to say a couple words. Yes, Member Kretz. Yes. Um, um, Ms. Patterson, I just wanted to say thank you very much for your service over the last couple of years in such a short amount of time. You've accomplished so much. Um, you were a great help to me when I was signing the bills. In fact, you came down and met me at City Hall and showed me what to do and answered any questions I had about the bills. And um, you've, you've just done an incredible job, um, you know, balancing the budget and um, um, beginning the you know the process to change the scheduling of the budget which we started last year which was extremely um, efficient and we were able to have the meetings more regularly to discuss them um, in smaller group sessions and I just really appreciate everything you've done and I wish you well in your new endeavors thank you thank you member Kretz um, number two under oh, I I do have I do have additional updates, but I didn't know if other members had wanted to to speak. I wanted um, to say some of the social emotional offerings that we're going to be providing to our students. So yeah. I'm going yeah. to go back to the report of the superintendent. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. It looks like Mia has her hand up. Mia, is that right? I think she's frozen again. Mia? Can everybody hear Mia or am I the only one? Okay, Mia. This is when there's eight people all on the internet at once. So. <laughs> Mia, we're not able to hear you. Uh, Can you just try to turn off your video, Mia? We may have a better chance of hearing you that way. Can you hear me? Better, yeah. better. Oh, well. <sighs> Sorry, Mia. Hmm. I think she said she was gonna get the kids off. Me, you still kind of like a Martian. Mia, can you um, dial in from a phone? No, no, Mia, Mia, we can't hear you. Um, how about? Can, Mia, can you dial in on a regular phone? Can you hear us, Mia? Yeah, no, they told me that I'm going to Mia, we're going to let the superintendent um, finish with her report, and then you can maybe try to use a phone to call in. We can always go back to that. Sorry. That's okay. Keep going. All right. Thank you, Member Mastone. Okay. Um, I want to give some important cell updates. Uh, Ms. Stacy Shulman, the Supervisor of Clinical and Behavioral Services, sent an email to our teaching staff informing them that many of our students are experiencing an extensive amount of personal turmoil right now. Beyond this situation, Students 
could also be experiencing financial challenges, family conflict, food insecurities, barriers to accessing or completing schoolwork, and last but not least, health challenges. We have also heard from students that they are feeling an increase in discrimination based on their race, particularly from our Asian American students. I just wanna restate that MPS Medford Public Schools does not tolerate or endorse discrimination of any kind, and we are closely monitoring that. So we are again urging families to reach out to school, uh, the school leaders, school principals, who will be able to direct you to Stacy Schulman, who is our supervisor of clinical and behavioral services. After working for many years with students and educators, Ms. Stacy Schulman has found that the impact that teachers have on their students is quite profound. Many students are grieving the loss of contact with the faculty. They see every school day and the sense of security that has been provided that they're normally accustomed to, that that is now gone. They have come to rely on their classroom routines and what to expect. Stacy is urging teachers in her email to take a look and take a moment and check in with their students and ask them how they are doing and to acknowledge that this is hard, very hard for all of us. If any teacher feels a student is making comments relating to possibly hurting themselves or others, the teacher should call 911 and call the student's principal. Additionally, Stacy is preparing counseling staff with additional professional development around trauma, creating resources for students, families, and staff assembling a professional development series for staff to support students. And will be, this will be advertised soon on our virtual support group for parents and caregivers. So on Wednesday at four o'clock, Ms. Stacy Shulman will be hosting a support group Zoom meeting for teachers. Interested faculty should email her to be included in that particular meeting. Um, moving away from social emotional learning and moving on to MCAS, uh, we are still waiting to hear an official word from Desi. Um, just wanted to keep you informed that Desi has not given an official um, response yet uh, for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. As of this time, uh, all schools have been making a concerted effort to reach out. And so right now we have posted many, many positive videos of teachers and staff saying hello and checking in with their, uh, with their students and also just resurfacing some very um, happy videos that were taking place at other times when school was fully functioning so that people have positive things to look at and memories to think about. These videos have been posted on our blog and website and our PTO Facebook pages. Additionally, as what was just mentioned in our um, budget committee of the whole meeting prior to this meeting, our director of library, media, and technology, Ms. Molly Layden, um, we've given out um, over 650 Chromebooks, um, and we're going to see, you know, continue to monitor and see how that goes. 
We know that we haven't reached everyone, but we're really pleased that we were able to make a significant dent. Um, we want to also note that all students in K, kindergarten through second grade, that Gmail accounts have been created for those students, which normally does not take place because they're not yet um, really able to type. But Google uh, accounts, Gmail accounts were sent out so that teachers can communicate with students using the Google Classroom platform. And so we thank families that are really um, taking on a heavy lift to support our youngest learners in those grade levels. Um, we continue to have updated information being posted on our remote learning website, and that will be uh, giving additional Google Classroom information for teachers by school, and information will also be available for parents and caregivers to support them with navigating this new um, system. So if people do need support with technology, questions about their Chromebooks, they can email tech support, one word, T-E-C-H-S-U-P-P-O-R-T at medford.k12.ma.us. We're also going to be having an additional um, site which will be uh, specific to training resources using the Google site, and that will be posted um, again on our blog and on our website. With regards to library services, there is a new Medford Public Schools pre-K to eight virtual library site for parents and students. And the link has been posted to the website and the blog. So again, um, I urge you to go and look for up-to-date information at, that, uh, at our website and blog sites. The site brings together resources and links to help our pre-K to eight students to continue reading and exploring different topics of interest. The site's goal is to provide students and families with a central place to find well-curated resources. This site is being updated regularly. At the high school level as well, um, we've posted a distance learning guide for our high school students on the high school library guide, and that is uh, on our website medfordpublicschools.libguides.com slash home. So we want to thank Molly uh, Layden and her entire technology team who have really been working hire, uh, tirelessly during the school closure time to make as much information available um, online for everyone. So we thank you sincerely for that. Uh, we've had a lot of fun, different types of activities that are also taking place. We have schools that are trying to think of activities that aren't just strictly um, academic, but things that are getting kids to go outside. And I want to just share a few. At the Columbus School, for example, students were encouraged to get outside and de de decorate their sidewalk with chalk and to decorate their home with messages of positivity and well-being. They took photos and they posted it to the Columbus School website. Likewise, at the McGlynn Elementary School, they asked their students to display a kindness heart, which they have decorated, and students are placing those kindness hearts on their doors or windows at their home, 
And that heart means that there's solidarity and that we're all in this together. So um, these are just some types of activities that are taking place. Um, tomorrow at 10 o'clock, the Robert School is going to be hosting a parade. Uh, the Robert staff are going to be in a caravan of cars and they're going to drive around the Roberts neighborhood, waving hello to their students. So um, for the Roberts community, you should have received communication about that at 10 o'clock. Um, there will be a parade just letting you know that we are thinking about you and uh, we care about all of you. I also want to just share some important information that Medford Mustang alumni are doing in this special school closure time, but supporting uh, COVID-19, supporting hospitals. So uh, Mustang alumni have stepped up to the plate to support our medical professionals during this crisis. The 1984 graduates, Hank Morris, Hank Morse and Tracy Hollander, they issued a Facebook challenge to all Medford High School graduating classes to come together and possibly make donations to the hospitals. Since that pledge, that challenge, seven different graduating classes have stepped up and they have made either food donations or mask donations to Boston Medical Center, Leahy Hospital, and Mass General Hospitals. So the healthcare professionals are incredibly grateful and I wanna just continue to thank our Mustang community for uh, going that extra mile and helping our medical professionals. Additionally, um, 1988 graduate Peter Akala, owner of Numaj DJ and Entertainment Services, took his DJ equipment outside and entertained his entire neighborhood. His neighbors came out to their yards to dance and enjoyed the music. All of these actions embody the Mustang way. The blue and white continues to flow through these Mustang veins and that makes us all so proud. So I wanna just thank them and say go Mustangs. Additionally, on the community engagement side, our CCSR students have also been uh, creating challenges and encouraging our Mustang community to get outside in a positive way. They had a video, hashtag, six feet together. They were working collaboratively with our mayor and Saturday they hosted the porch jam, urging citizens to come out onto their porches or decks and sing the John Lennon song, Imagine. I wanna highlight our Medford High School sophomores, Lily Began and Caden Golisano, members of CCSR, who realized that during the hashtag stay home order to stop the spread of COVID-19, local nursing homes were no longer allowed to have visitors. They knew the residents probably felt extremely lonely. So they began designing and sending uplifting cards to them at the Medford Rehabilitation Center. Additionally, CCSR students at the McGlynn Middle School, sixth graders, Lila Armit, Mia Armit, and Caroline Gomez decided to begin painting rocks around their neighborhood with inspiring messages. These students continue to impress all of us every day. Lastly, or I'm getting close to lastly, I should say, Medford Family Network is continuing to support our families. 
They are still hosting story time with Miss Andrea and indoor play with Miss Cindy virtually. They plan to host the Parent Cafe virtually on April 15th. Also, if there are any families in need of some of the basic necessities, such as food, baby formula, clothing, or diapers, please reach out to Marie Cassidy. That's M Cassidy at medford.k12.ma.us for assistance. Also, another resource for our military families this week from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Gillette Stadium, courtesy of the Massachusetts Military Support Foundation, Food for Vets, and the New England Patriots. Families can pick up two weeks worth of groceries. So again, if you are a veteran, please take advantage of that great opportunity honoring our veterans at Gillette Stadium. I want to thank, take this opportunity to thank our teachers, our staff and administrators who have, without very much notice, stepped up and made this distance, distance learning plan work. It is not perfect by any means, and each day does bring a new question, but every me member of the Mustang community has come together and tried their very best to continue as many programs as possible, as well as providing much needed outreach to our students. I am a very proud member of our Mustang team. So this week, um, some of you um, who celebrate, yesterday was um, Palm Sunday, and this week, this week um, Passover and Good Friday is taking place. Please note that there is no school on Friday in observance of Good Friday. I think some families um, were not sure um, but there will not be formalized instruction on Friday, Good Friday of this week. So I thank you all. I want to wish all of our families a happy Passover, a happy Easter or Resurrection Sunday, and um, enjoy uh, the rest of this week. And we look forward to serving you. Hashtag stay home. Hashtag alone together. Thank you. Thank you, um, Dr. Edward Vincent. Moving on to number two, report on COVID update. We have Tony Ray with us. Um, Tony, let me just unmute you. Are you able to unmute yourself? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, great. Um, thank you. Um, so the data that the state reported um, yesterday, um, 76,500 people have been tested, 13,870 people have tested positive. In Medford, we have, as of yesterday, 132 positive cases. Um, what, is being, what is expected from the Department of Public Health is a surge in cases over the next couple weeks so that we, will, we still ask people to stay at home, maintain social distancing, wash your hands, wash your um, things coming into your home, wash your countertops, you know, just really be very careful about hygiene methods. All of our buildings are presently closed, um, except for the custodial staff that is working diligently to clean them. 
Our school nurses have been participating with Board of Health activities, including contact tracing, meal distribution, elderly, elderly wellness checks, and providing outreach to families um, and virtual student support groups. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Ray. Um, Marianne O'Connor from the Board of Health was unable to join us. Um, we are up from yesterday to 145 cases, and with that comes a lot of contact tracing um, and a number of cases she's dealing with, so she's sorry she couldn't make it, but I'll just take the opportunity. I know our schools are closed, but also our parks are closed, unfortunately, and we have tied up the basketball hoops because we just could not keep group activity off of our parks. Um, as of the last few days, it's been very nice, and we're also having an issue with tons of people in our in the fells um, parking issues all over so I, I know dcr is working hard to try to secure up some of our parking lots and make sure the flynn rink um, exercise little portion area is being um roped off i know people attending to take down some of the the signage but we're, we're working really hard to keep people safe and and off our you know out of our out of the parks unless it's for passive use so we just continue to stress please use our parks passively or else we're going to really have to close them but um we're Marianne and tony are doing a lot of work making sure and i know a few of your nurses are stepping up miss ray to help with the contact tracing but our health department's working really hard to try to keep people safe working on the construction yeah. and the parks and um non-essential services something new is popping up every hour so She's a little busy, but thank you. Thank you. Um, number three, recommendation to approve the cancellation of McGlynn's seventh grade overnight trip to Alton Jones Environmental Park. Mr. Nick Tucci. Meeting the school committee. In light of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, school and district leaders unfortunately recommend the cancellation, the formal cancellation of the seventh grade Alton Jones environmental overnight field trip scheduled for May 4th and 5th of 2020. Please note that Governor Baker has urged all schools to cancel upcoming organized trips. And we understand this is of a great disappointment among our seventh graders, their chaperones and their families, but nevertheless, the safety and wellness of our Medford school community is always our top priority. If formally canceled, we'll refund all payments made toward the trip back to the McGlynn Middle School families in the coming weeks. And we'll do that, hopefully, I imagine, in the next two weeks. Uh, thank you very much, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Motion to approve. Second. Can't hear you. Motion to approve by Member Rousseau, seconded by Member Van de Kloot. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, paper passes. Number four, report on reimbursement for France trip, Dr. Bernadette Riccadelli and Marie Nyland. Good evening. So Ms. Nyland and I are here tonight to, to provide you information on the reimbursement for the costs involved in the student trip to France. So on March, 2020, uh, just under a month ago, 
we appeared at the school committee meeting and we recommended to the Medford School Committee that of the canceling of the April 2020 student trip to France, because at that time there was a growing coronavirus uh, COVID-19 outbreak in Europe. And at that time, uh, we referenced a cover for any reason insurance policy, also known as a CFAR policy, which the parents did provide. And at that time, the amount that we were estimate, or the families were estimated to um, to be paid back was one thousand fifty dollars. So that meant there would have been a loss of twenty one hundred dollars per family. So we we understood how the parents felt. We understood how the committee felt, and we did pursue a full reimbursement. So we reached out to the company, and I and I think they've they've been responsive, and I and I, I do think that they're trying the best they can. We also reached out to the Massachusetts Association of School Superintendents, who not only uh, was dealing with Medford's uh, reimbursement issue, but um, trying to help out with reimbursements across the state. So there were dozens, if not a hundred schools across the state who were dealing with the same type of an issue. Not with the same company. Um, most had different companies, but a similar issue. So they advocated on Medford's behalf. So we did get a response from the travel company and they've responded um, with the following information. So they will refund the $1,100 flight fee that was charged. They will refund $1,400 of the land portion and they will refund $100 of the insurance premium that was paid. Under this, under this offer, the company, the travel company, it's not even the insurance company as I understand, but the travel company directly will be refunding the parents a total of $2,600. That means $500 is non-refundable. So we do recommend accepting this offer. Uh, and we did look at what other districts across the state, we try to get as much information as possible on this. And what we were able to find out was with one of the largest travel companies in the state, they are reimbursing their families all of the costs except for $1,000. So in other words, in many districts, travel companies are holding families responsible for $1,000. Under this plan with our travel company, families are being held responsible for $500. It's certainly it would be better if it was a full refund. Um, However, given, given the circumstances of, of the massive losses that everyone has, has experienced and what I would consider due diligence on the part of the insurance company, um, the, the administration is recommending this, this offer. So again, families would be reimbursed for everything except for $500. Um, so again, Ms. Nyland is here. So between the two of us, if you have any questions, we can certainly um, try to answer those questions. Member McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you for the report, um, Bernadette and Ms. Nyland, and thank you for your hard work on this for families. Um, I'm wondering how have you informed families of this and how they've responded? I think this is great news when we thought we weren't getting anything back. Of course, getting, you know, um, this good portion of it back is, 
is great news. Um, it's unfortunate that families have to lose $500 at all, as we all know. But um, under the circumstances, I think it's pretty remarkable that you guys were able to do what you did and the insurance company was able to do what they did. So thank you. And I'm just wondering if you've had any response or feedback from families. So um, actually, Miss Nyland could speak in a moment because she's been she has been talking to families. But but our feeling was we did want to report this out to school committee first. So obviously, the superintendent, the assistant superintendents are aware, but we did want this to come out to school committee first. So we have not shared any details. Um, we have shared even I, last week. Uh, the superintendent did, did share that uh, an offer was made although new details were provided. So again, we just didn't, in deference to the school committee, we were, we were waiting for this, this time to do that. Thank you. Any motion on the floor? Any other questions? Motion to approve. Second. Second motion to approve, seconded by member Vandeklute. All those in favor? All those opposed? Aye. Paper passes, thank you, uh, Dr. Riccadelli and Ms. Nyland, thank you. Recommendation to approve additions to the middle school health curriculum, uh, Ms. Perry. Good evening, everyone. Um, so we had a meeting, a subcommittee meeting on the health education curriculum. And when I came before school committee, last time you didn't have the documents. So you should have all received the documents for the Michigan model uh, curriculum as well as the sexuality standards. Um, we have been using the Michigan Model Health Curriculum at the middle school with the exception of the unit called Growing Up and Staying Healthy, which does include some sexuality education lessons. Um, my staff, for the, uh, since we took over this department, my staff has been working very hard to look at what we're doing um, as a curriculum and looking at the state and national standards and aligning our curriculum to the state and national standards and then figuring out where our gaps are. For middle school health, our gaps were in sexuality education. More specifically, if you looked at the document I sent um, in anatomy and physiology, puberty and adolescent development, identity, pregnancy and reproduction, and uh, sexually transmitted infections and HIV standards. Um, the sexuality education standards that I did provide for you just included middle school, just so you're aware that document does go K to 12. And we've looked at the high school piece already, which we are covering all of that. Our next step was to look at the middle school piece. Um, so I'm just looking for a direction from school committee um, to see if we can either push this forward or uh, have a conversation about what we want to add. Um, we do have questions. May I ask, I did email you this morning, Ms. Perry. We, we got two attachments from you back at the end of March or mid-March. One was about six pages and one was 13. Is there, was there more that we were supposed to get? I remember yep. somebody mentioned in 600 pages of something. Oh, that's the full curriculum. Okay. With all of the lessons in detail. That's a huge document, which I can't provide if you want to. I just have to scan it. Member Vandekloot. Uh, yes, this was uh, discussed at the curriculum subcommittee and the subcommittee uh, voted to bring it forth um, uh, with a positive endorsement. Uh, however, we didn't have the paperwork at the time, so that was given to you. Uh, so at this point, I'd like to make a motion that we go ahead with the adoption of the new curriculum. Uh, just as a reminder, if any parents have concerns, they can opt their students out. 
Um, but from what I hear most more people are interested in making sure that their children have this valuable information. Second. Second. Ah. Sorry, Jenny. It's okay. I don't care. Who seconds it? You're on mute, Brianna. Yep. There you go. <laughs> then from what I was able to review, can you just tell me what page eight and nine of 13 which grade that relates to, that has to do with the um, describing the signs and symptoms of a pregnancy, divine emergency contraception and its use, um, defining STDs, including HIV, and how they are and are, and are not transmitted, analyzing the impact of other drugs on safer sex, I didn't find medically accurate information about STDs. It, so those two pages, do those relate to one specific grade? So the standards just signify through grades six to eight. We would, I will have to take a look at it and kind of separate it, which my thought process would be to have anatomy and physiology and puberty in grade six, healthy relationship piece in grade seven, and that piece more of uh, the grade eight. That would, would make the most sense. Okay. And do you know if this is, um, if other districts are accepting this model and this curriculum in grade eight? So yeah, these are national standards and that's what's recommended. Uh, so the school districts that are doing it are using these standards. I will also let you know um, the state standards are in the process of being released and there was a major upgrade in the sex education piece to follow more of the national standards. For the state of Massachusetts. So what, what other surrounding um, cities or towns use page eight and nine in the eighth grade curriculum? I, um, I don't know if it's definitely in the eighth grade curriculum. I'd have to get that information from them. I know I taught at Newton Public Schools and they were following this, the um, national standards. Are there any other questions? I'd just like to make an amendment, uh, just amend the paper or do a side paper, um, mm -hmm. just to make sure that if you, if you add page eight or nine to any other grade other than eight through 12, that the school committee be, just, that it be discussed with the school committee first. Sure. I'm not saying for or against it being discussed in sixth or seventh, but I just feel that I would like to, you know, have that discussion before anything like that is taught to a, a sixth or seventh grader. Excellent. Can I also ask just one question? It's Melanie McLaughlin. Yep, member McLaughlin. Thank you. I am also just wondering how are, um, I know that parents have the opt-out um, option and how are they given the scope and scale of what will actually be taught? Like, are they given the same information that we're given um, for the grades? So I will be posting that to the physical education, health education website. So all of our scope and sequence will be posted there and that will include all of that information. And is it an automatic opt in unless you opt out? Is that how it yes. works? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'd like to point of clarification. Member Russo. Um, on page eight, it has gender identity. We explicitly talked about that in our subcommittee meeting and that is not appropriate to wait till eighth grade. It's really appropriate in third and fourth grade, to be honest. 
I would not be okay with that amendment. That's that I agree. I agree. That's that specific one. I, I we can exclude from the amendment. It's just the uh, the ones that I was I read out loud. I just feel like I think I would need more discussion or actually read the curriculum, the 600 page document before I want my sixth grader to learn about STDs and how to put a condom mm -hmm. on. I think that deserves much more discussion in a committee of the whole meeting versus, you know, all the hard work that you did in your subcommittee meeting. So um, I was also, how will parents be led to the website when this is brought up initially as far as how will they know they have the opportunity to research it, review, and then opt in or out, and will it be provided in other languages as well? We, we can add that to the opt out. Uh, we generally, at the high school, we put that in the handbook. So um, I can work with the middle school principals to make sure that's added to the middle school handbook. Um, and then we can direct them to the website from there. And I can also have my contact information if there's any specific questions. Thank you. I'd, yeah, I'd like to, on the part of the B paper, make sure that that information's in the handbook and that it, we do provide it in different languages like we do for mm -hmm. all other communications. Absolutely. Any other further questions or motion by member Van de Kloot to approve, seconded by member Graham? Um, as amended, all those in favor, all those opposed, paper passes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Number six, recommendation to negotiate prorated yellow school bus transportation service contract with Eastern Bus Company during school closure, Ms. Christine Patterson. Thank you. Um, so in your packet, I just provided a, a brief synopsis on the rationale for uh, the reasoning to go into negotiations with our yellow bus company. Um, the, the main factors are we are getting a lot of um, concerns from the bus companies themselves. They are having difficulties um, there is a stimulus package that's from the federal government that is going to be providing what they call a transportation stabilization fund. The only way to access those funds is to uh, continue a payment of some form for the vendors and or contractors that are continuing service. Now, again, we have not gotten complete um, authority to pay without services conducted. However, we are being given guidance from the Department of Ed now in terms of negotiating a pro rata amount. So identifying a per diem rate that would be a percentage of the bus bid, the regular runs, not the additional athletic runs, not the um, overtime runs or, or field trip runs, just the basic daily runs for the transportation. And um, there are the, the groups in the Commonwealth that have the same bus contractor. We are all being um, advised to work collectively for a pseudo agreement, a side agreement 
in order to facilitate um, the continuation of bus transportation when schools resume. And the concern is that these drivers, if they are not maintained in a um, payroll status, that they will be looking at going to alternate um, employers, such as an Amazon, where they can drive with their CDL license and not have any interruption of, of uh, payroll during the course of a year. We want to maintain um, those drivers. There was a shortage of drivers prior to this closure. And additionally, we are in the process of the main bus bid being um, out there for the public to bid on the service. And I'm trying to um, avoid a very bloated contract for the next three to five years with the concern of having to pad their number in an effort to cover any such closure and or the loss of their employees. So we have 21 bus drivers that are associated with the Medford runs. We have 18 regular runs, but 21 drivers that are on schedule. So that's what we would be uh, negotiating with uh, Eastern Bus. The current rate that they are discussing with the other schools um, is in the range of 70 to 75% of a daily contract amount for the regular runs. So that is what we would be looking at and I would bring a calculation back to the committee. No decision would be made, but I think it's important that it is reviewed and the implications are understood by everyone that if we do not maintain some goodwill in this group, that we will be at a loss of bus drivers going forward. Member Van de Kloot. Um, Kirstine, I just wanted to make sure, is the bus company presently and continuing to pay their employees? They are. Okay. Um, and um, at the same time, the bus company, like all of those, um, athletic trips that we would be taking now, we are not paying for, is that correct? Correct. Okay, um, I would like to make a motion that we authorize you, uh, uh, Ms. Patterson, uh, to negotiate on our behalf um, as long as um, the bus company uh, is committed to paying their employees. Okay. Any other questions? Member Graham. Mm -hmm. Kirstine, can you just give us an update on the timeline of the um, larger negotiation that you're referring to? So this has been happening since the closure. So working with the other school business officials and the Department of Education, um, we have been doing um, Zoom conferences, meetings. We've been getting um, guidance from the federal government as they've provided them. And so these, these have been ongoing discussions. So just um, today we had another session at noontime. I have a sample contract that we can um, look at. And once I communicate with the um, owner of Eastern Bus, I can bring back what um, a potential cost would be for that uh, extension or a side agreement. It would no longer be payment on the regular bus contract. It would be a memo of understanding a separate contract just for the purpose of this emergency situation. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was talking about our upcoming contract that's out to bid. So the upcoming contract is uh, has been posted uh, accordingly with the uh, procurement office at City Hall. That is uh, scheduled for bid opening April 15th. And um, I think we talked about uh, sharing a copy with the committee um, in one of our initial budget meetings. If you could send a copy of the bid or give us a link or something, that would be great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. A motion by Member Vandeklutz, second by Miss, seconded by Mr. Member Rousseau to allow Chris, Ms. Patterson to negotiate accordingly. Is that, do you want to still take a vote on that in two weeks before it's approved or is this just given full allowance? Member Vandeklutz, that was your motion. Uh, I, I defer to Ms. Patterson to find out which way would she bring it back to us? Yes, so I can provide you an update now that um, you're providing the authorization for me to uh, communicate and I will give you an update as to what um, the Department of Ed and um, the further guidance has been described and also share a sample side agreement document with you. Okay. Oh, great. Okay, so member um, motion by member Vandeklut, seconded by member Rousseau to allow Ms. Patterson to enter discussions and negotiations to then give us an update in two weeks for approval. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Paper passes. Thank you, Ms. Patterson. Um, number eight, old business. Number one, school safety procedural update, which was tabled on 3-9-2020. Mayor Kern, Longo Kern? Yes. So that was um, something I had on and I am gonna make a motion that that be moved to the um, rules and policy subcommittee. Motion by member McLaughlin to move this to the rules and policy subcommittee, seconded by member Kretz. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Could I just ask that um, because this is now so long ago, even though I'm sure I knew what it was then. If you could just send me an email, Ms. McLaughlin. Member McLaughlin, yep. Thank you. Number two, so motion approved. Number two, status of outstanding reports tabled on 3-9-2020. This was also me, Mayor Longo Kern? Yes. Um, and so again, I would also request, especially with the um, proposed um, reports, that this be moved to the policy and rules subcommittee of which I'm also a member, um, but um, the idea would be that we would review what the requests were um, and see if there's any that we need to, um, you know, that if we can't find the uh, institutional knowledge around that we need to come back to the committee and ask. Um, so I make a sure. motion that that be moved to the rules and policy subcommittee. Second. second. Motion by member McLaughlin, seconded by member Rousseau. Um, and I'm sure you'll communicate about that one too through email. I have a, a comment. Yes, Member Vandeklut. So I'm just, um, while I support the motion in general, I'm a little bit concerned about um, uh, the number of potential um, subcommittees we might be having. I think at this time, while we're under crisis, that we need to uh, be uh, not have them. And I don't know how many requests people have put in to have them, um, but I am concerned. I think we do need to 
um, uh, limit uh, the amount we're asking of our administrators until we get back to normal. Member Rousseau. Um, I would just, um, in general, I agree, but I think that for at least, um, uh, certainly the, you know, the outstanding reports, um, well, what, what I'm trying to say is that I, I have talked to the superintendent about, you know, when a subcommittee doesn't really actually need any administrative people there, that we should, that, you know, they should get comfortable with that. If we're going to go through the existing outstanding reports, for instance, I mean, the school committee voted to have these reports. Um, we can look at them again and decide whether we really want them or not without anybody from central office. I mean, that might not be the best example, but, um, you know, I think having our meetings anyways, and then trying to be a little more cautious and careful about how much time they're going to have to put in is a better option than just not doing them, in my opinion. Member McLaughlin. Yes, I, and I would just add that, you know, I appreciated the superintendent reaching out to us in the last meeting asking this um, subcommittee uh, folks to get in touch with her to schedule the meetings. We're really trying to limit the meeting times. Um, I know for uh, our subcommittee for special education was actually joined with another entire huge topic, which is behavioral health. We haven't even had the opportunity to meet yet. Um, we do need to at least bring those people to the tables to identify goals and strategy for next year. So again, but we're trying very much to limit those meetings uh, in the one that I scheduled to one hour. And, you know, I wouldn't expect that would have an additional one necessarily um, the end of the, by the end of the year, unless, um, you know, unless something substantial changes. But in any case, I would say that we still need to have the subcommittee meetings, especially since uh, we didn't get to have one before all of this stuff happened. Yes. So I think my concern is the number of subcommittee meetings and I have no idea how many requests there were. Um, and so that's, um, it, maybe I can just ask if the superintendent um, keep us abreast at, at how many are being asked for um, because um, I just want to keep it real um, and uh, appropriate for this, for this particular time. Obviously, you guys know I love going to subcommittee meetings, but it um, it depends on um, this is an unusual time, and I I think people are already taxed, so I want to make sure we're being smart about it. Yes, I will. Um, thank you, Member Vanderpool, and I do have a special education subcommittee meeting uh, that will be scheduled for the 14th, I believe, next Tuesday, um, and I will continue to to monitor. Uh, the subcommittee activity, and I will communicate that more uh, widely to the entire body. But I am uh, also trying to be cognizant of that as well. Um, so thank you for putting that out there, and you know we will we will make it work. Thank you, thank you. Motion for approval by Member McLaughlin, seconded by Member Graham. All those in favor, all those opposed. Paper is moved to Rules Aye. and Policy Subcommittee. Um, the function of the Medford School Committee 2020 to 2022 document update offered by Mr. Rousseau tabled on 3-9-2020. May, may I suggest that the, really the point of having this at the meeting is so we could all physically sign it, which isn't really an option right now. So perhaps we should leave it tabled. I, don't, I think that we've already discussed the content. Um, so um, 
that that's just my thought. Motion to table, undebatable, seconded by? Second. Member McLaughlin. Um, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Papers tabled. Number four, be it resolved that a playground advisory committee shall be created to oversee the completion of work associated with three CPC grants related to the Columbus and Brooks playground repair and resurfacing and the McGlynn School Design Study. The work will include collaboration and review of the RFP for the McGlynn Design Study and the execution of the study. The advisory committee will also view all four school playgrounds and make recommendations regarding increased accessibility of playgrounds to all our students to be completed within the existing scope of funding or provided to the school committee as additional recommendations. The advisory committee shall provide a preliminary update to the school committee no later than June 1st and then quarterly thereafter for up to one year from the date of creation or sooner if work is completed. Dr. Cushing will issue a call for interested applicants and recommend members for the Playground Advisory Committee to the school committee no later than, well, we can change these dates, April 6th school committee meeting. The Playground Advisory Committee will include school administrators, at least one parent from each elementary school, and individuals with expertise in inclusive play and play spaces, offered by me Member Graham. So, <clears throat> Mayor, this was approved in our um meeting whenever that was <laughs> um but we do need to change the date to give peter some um some runway to get this off the ground um peter i was thinking um may 4th but you tell me if that's okay thumbs up so um i'd make a motion to amend this approved um motion um to change the timeline to um our may 4th school meeting School committee meeting. Table is till May 4th. Yep. Motion to table by Member Graham, seconded by Member. Would you like to speak, Member McLaughlin? Yes. I actually had a um, motion to withdraw your motion to table, Member Graham. I wasn't tabling it. Oh, okay. I was just amending it. Amending it. Okay. Yes. Member McLaughlin. Thank you. So I also just wanted to ask, and I'm not sure if this is amendment or um, what, but asking that the call for um, members is uh, inclusive and um, that we are respectful of diversity as we're, um, as we're approaching that call for the um, advisory, because I'm sure that we are, Dr. Cushing, but I just like to put it out there to make sure that we are soliciting um, folks from all members of our community um, for those uh, respective positions. So, um, and we can talk more about what that looks like, or I would defer to, you know, folks in the, in, uh, the mayor's office as well, um, about how we're actually reaching, um, the constituents for that. Yes. Um, Mr. Cushing, uh, we'll work with you. The mayor's office has been in touch with the NAACP and they're helping us a great deal. Um, to get diverse members of a number of committees. So I will definitely have Neil Osborne, our human diversity director, work alongside um, Mr. Cushing. Thank you. So motion um, as amended by member Graham, all those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Motion is, has passed as amended. Communications, new business. 
Given the coronavirus pandemic and the resulting state of emergency, I move that we defer the Medford High School Vision Advisory Committee until the fall of 2020. Further recruitment of membership in the advisory committee begin anew at that time. Further that this vision committee shall follow the format of the advisory committee as laid out in the Medford School Committee policy, BDF advisory committees to the school committee. Um, I believe that I, I, was I offered that um, with uh, Member Graham and Member Ms. Stone. Um, so I just, I, um, I talked to the superintendent and, um, you know, I was just thinking that this didn't feel like the right time for us to all be getting together and traveling to, to the school and, you know, inspecting it. it. It just felt like that this particular committee really needed to be in the building. Um, and so um, I, I had suggested that maybe we move it to the spring. Superintendent felt we should start it in the fall. And so that's why I put this out there. Um, so we could just kind of reset in the fall after we've had a chance to get through this. Um, I, I think the fall is fine for the committee. I would just ask, I did spend a lot of time trying to get the group together and I did email 15 participants yeah. that, so that are excited to be on this committee. Um, the NAACP and Neil Osborne again are working to find one to two additional members for this committee. So I would just ask them to continue their work and they have the spring and, and summer to do that. Um, Mr. Osborne did write something up today, letting us know. Um, he, he emailed, I've, he has reached out to the NAACP branch to explore finding a representative with the time, energy, and interest in joining the high school vision committee. We had planned a meeting um, with the leadership of the branch, but the current circumstances required rescheduling that. Um, as always found the branch a supportive partner with the city to find local persons who want to serve on our boards, commissions, and committees. I'm confident before the end of um, the summer we can identify a branch member that we'll, we can add to the Medford High School Vision Committee. So positive news, and I thank Mr. Osborne for helping out. Um, and I will, as long I, as- Mayor, if I may. Yes. Um, I just would add that, you know, in the fall, um, you know, the, the people that we have already identified we may need to reopen it a little bit because some of those people might not be available life circumstances for some of who knows how many of us could have changed dramatically by the fall so i just think you know we may need to do more recruitment in the fall in addition to trying to find a more representative um, group of people so um that's understandable i agree with that we may but i just want to make sure we uh, i know what you meant by begin anew um, I mostly was interested in the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the policy that indicates that, you know, the, the, the slate of people that we choose for the um, advisory committee has to come to the school committee for approval. Um, the, the, the policy has a set of steps that we're supposed to follow that honestly, until January, I didn't even know existed. Um, and uh, I just thought it, there's nothing wrong with the people we've already recruited but we should be including them in section six of the policy. There's, um, you know, we're supposed to tell them how long they have to be on this advisory committee. Um, what is their specific language? What is the language that the school committee is saying is their charge? Um, I know we, we actually had talked about in our last regular meeting about having a committee of the whole to sit down and talk about what is their charge. Um, of mm -hmm. course, all of that is out the window because 
we aren't having the, that meeting. But um, so that begin a new just meeting will make sure all the you know the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and that we have officially approved charge of this vision committee. Because um, I feel like I've heard and seen like I've seen a city council meeting where it was described, and I I've, I've described it myself numerous times in email and in in school committee meetings, and uh, I feel like every time somebody describes it we all put our own little spin on what it is we think that this committee is going to do. And I think that the explicit language of what they're supposed to do should be approved by the school committee. And then that's the, you know, that's the end of the conversation about what it is we've asked them to do. Um, so that's what I sort of learned. Thank you. So, Member Graham. I think all of this <clears throat> certainly um, speaks to starting um, at the beginning of the process instead of at the end. Um, I think if we sit down and we talk about a clear set of goals, um, we can mitigate against differing opinions about what the committee is supposed to do or wants to do or thinks they should do or thinks they can't do. Um, we also would have an opportunity then to outline and lay out what the real expectations are for um, the kind of work that we're doing, how much time we think it's going to take um, as well as what's the right number of people on the committee to do that work. So because we never outline what the work is, we have no idea if we have the right number of people to do the work. Um, I think there's a lot of different schools of thoughts that we need to entertain as we put that together. So if we start there with the beginning of the process, um, we can have a clear picture of the number and types of folks that we want to represent our city. Um, then we can put out a, a call that is clear and unambiguous um, solicit people, bring them back and allow this committee to um, help put that committee together um, so that it can be positioned to move forward as quickly as possible given our already delay. Thank you. I, I would just like to amend the motion to allow the 15 that were notified and asked and were responsive and I accepted the um, the offer that we make sure those 15, whether we have a, a committee of 17, 19, or 21, I just want to make sure those 15 that are very excited to serve in this committee that have already been given the offer are extended that offer in the fall. So I'd just like to make that, Second that. as an amendment. Thank you. Okay, motion for approval as amended by member as amended by myself, but motion for approval. Motion to by approve. Motion to approve by member McLaughlin, seconded by member Russo. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion is approved as amended. Um, we have a, four resolutions that I will read out and then we'll take a moment of silence. Be it resolved, that the Medford School Committee expressed its sincere condolences to the family of Roy Stephen McDonald, brother-in-law of Medford Public Schools District Data Manager, Kim Miles. Be it resolved that the Medford School Committee expressed sincere condolences to the family of Paula Farnham, mother of Medford High School teacher, Holly Farnham Casabon. Be it resolved that the Medford School Committee expressed its sincere condolences to the family of Lawrence Lapori uncle to Medford High School world language teacher, Nalita Lapori. Be it resolved that the Medford School Committee expressed its sincere condolences to the family of Mary Burke, 
Mary Burke was a second grade teacher for over 40 years at the old Forest Park School. If we all may take a moment of silence. Thank you. And while we're on a moment of silence, if we could maybe take one more moment of, of just dedicate this meeting to all those who are fighting the virus and who, whether it be in Medford, our region, um, or our, the country or the world, if we could just take a moment of just to really pray for um, everybody's health and safety at this time. Um, Including our uh, grocery store workers and our healthcare workers and our emergency people, all of those yes. people who need our thank support. You. Yes, thank you, Paulette. Um, appreciate that. And we have um, number 11, negotiations and legal matters. We are going to the school committee as well as our superintendent and our school attorney, Mr. Howard Greenspan, will be entering exec executive session. A motion to go to executive session? Yes, to discuss collective bargaining, unit A, unit B, unit C, secretaries, local 25 SEIU, non-union contracts. Motion to go into executive Should I session. I call the roll? By member, member Vandekloot. You may call the roll. Yes, please. Member Graham? Yes. Member Kretz? Kathy? Yes. Yes. Uh, Member McLaughlin? Yes. Member Mastone? Yes. Member Rousseau? Yes. Member Vanderkloot? Yes. Mayor Lungo Kern? Thank you. Yes. All those in favor, all those opposed, we are going to head to executive session. We will then reconvene into this meeting to report out and adjourn. We are back from the breakout room. Sorry it took so long. Um, Madam Secretary, would you like to report out the motion? Uh, sure. Uh, so the school committee made a motion that everybody, all of our employees would be paid uh, until May 4th. Um, and at that time, we will revisit um, this decision. Yes. Okay. Motion for approval of the executive committee report. I think we have to vote it again in yep. public. Uh, Member Graham. On that motion, by the way, uh, just yes. uh, it was made by, by Paul Rousseau and seconded by. Member Graham. Okay. Uh, so Member Graham. Yes. Kretz. Abstain. Abstain. Um, uh, McLaughlin. Yes. Mastone. Yes. Yeah, I think I just. Yes. Rousseau. Yeah. Anything? Yes. Got it. Got it, Mia. Thank you. Vanderkloot. Yes. Lungo Kern. Yes. Seven. Six in the affirmative. One abstains. All base. All um, base hourly salary paid weekly or bi-weekly will be paid through May 4th. Motion to adjourn the regular meeting? Yes. Motion, yes. 
by Member Russo, oh, seconded by Member Kratz. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Have a good night, everybody. Stay Have a good night. Stay Thank healthy. You. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.